Burgers are best fresh from the grill. Well, more specifically, burgers with Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. It's so rich and creamy that it instantly makes any burger irresistible. And what backyard barbecue is complete without some potato salad? Not just any potato salad, of course. Potato salad highlights the rich, creamy goodness of Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. So if you want to take your barbecue season to the next level, stock up on Hellman's Real Mayonnaise. For great recipe ideas, visit hellmans.com. When you pull up to game night in the all-new Camry, but it's actually bingo night. Mini golf, anyone? It's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry, Toyota. Let's go places. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. Davishek here. Check out the jam-packed new DDFP with Rashad Jennings of the Giants, Dan Hanzus, Lindsey Rhodes, Mark Iztuk. We're talking about all things Giants, training camp, and the Bachelorette. Check it out on iTunes or NFL.com slash podcasts. Fantasy freaks and geeks, what's up on this beautiful Tuesday afternoon? I'm James Cole. You're listening to the NFL Fantasy Live podcast. Joined alongside, as always, by the Whiz Kid from Wisconsin, Alex Gelhar. What's up, man? For the second time today, joined alongside. <laughs> I don't know if we were going to address that. I think we were. People okay. knew. I was getting a lot of questions on Twitter about it, and we put it out there so people would know. You know, there are a lot of people that... Thankfully, um, I, we appreciate the heck out of them. You know, build their schedules around our podcast. And people, sure. some guy was like, "Man, I'm I'm at work. I don't have anything to listen to. Where's the pod?" And I was like, "Sorry, man, it'll Dude, be coming." I hear you. Yeah. But yeah, we had some we had some unforeseen technical difficulties, and uh, we had had been good for a while. And I we were in a rush this morning. I did not hit the main backup button, and as a result, the other backup got corrupted. And as did our main audio. And here we are, attempt number two at four o'clock Pacific time. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I like it. All right. So, uh, MG, my guy, Marcus Grant, what's up? Uh, good. Feeling feeling uh, good still. Okay. Uh, still <laughs> back from vacation. Okay, good. After this morning. <laughs> okay. Uh, let's try, yeah, let's so try let's to recreate this. the magic. Let's do this. Okay. Uh, you went overseas? I did. And you, I was you're abroad back? in Europe. Uh, yeah, it was a good time. Uh, Amsterdam, Ireland, both places were very welcoming, very wonderful. Okay, good. Uh, we got the magical beard of uh, fantasy. Magical. We're talking, <laughs> we're talking the franchise. Matt Franciscovich, hey, what's hey. up, man? I'm still glad to be alive today because uh, we did a little mock draft yesterday. Sure. And we're going to talk about it, and the fantasy things are happening. It has been a while since we addressed the mailbag. It so has. we will be hitting the mailbag pretty hard today. I didn't uh, mean to leave you guys out in the cold, but, you know, we're – you know, correspondence takes a while. USPS, it got lost in the shuffle. <laughs> We're back. We're ready. We're, We're back. We're going to be answering as many of these uh, fantasy mailbag questions as possible. Uh, we're going to be doing mostly today, I think we're going to be talking about the uh, mock draft that we had done earlier this week. Actually, on Monday, Yep. Uh, 10 teams. It was all NFL.com guys, basically, um, you know, all the folks you love to hate here in the podcast as well and some producers too so uh we're going to be talking about a full breakdown of the experts mock draft 2.0 but first let's start with our top headlines 
The camera highlights in the world of sports. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. This is the woo. I like turtles. We continue to follow breaking news. Don't watch the news. Had your wife. wife. All right, let's start in Atlanta. Um, Not great news where the Atlanta Falcons running back coach uh, told reporters that he told the Atlanta Journal-Constitution that uh, the Falcons would like to reduce Devontae Freeman's workload. They would like to reduce his workload. They said uh, it was kind of a contradictory statement, too. It was something along the lines of, hey, he was great, but he can be better. You know how he's going to be better? We're going to give him less work. Wait, what? <laughs> how does that work? Uh, no, but they were talking about how they'd like him to be fresher down the stretch. We saw last year, too, man, uh, yards per carry. The final five games, I believe, it was 3.06 yards per carry down the stretch there for the Atlanta Falcons running back. And, and, and quite honestly, it's a big reason why I was concerned. I put him on the bus list here for the draft kit, NFL.com slash draft kit. But uh, – and I know a lot of folks were drafting him in that 10 to 12 range, but I think we're starting to see him slide. Wiz? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, he was starting to slide a little bit before beforehand, and now because people were afraid Tevin Coleman was going to eat into his workload, and right. now that it's basically set in stone, yep. he's sliding down, which, you know, you said it would seem counterintuitive what they said, but it can make sense because he had a massive workload last year. It was Over 300 touches. 300 37 touches. touches. Oh, and he, 35% of all the offensive opportunities between targets and carries went to Devonta Freeman. It's wow. the second highest mark in the league behind only Adrian Peterson. <laughs> so, second highest mark in the league. 35% of the offense went went at him. So, you know, and he definitely wore down, as you said, his zeros per carry over the final five games were 3.36, 3.33, right. 2.24, 3.32. And 3.04. And, I mean, you know, some people will say, hey, look at the schedule. He, he had Carolina twice down the stretch. I, yeah. I get it. But if you watch the games, he didn't he didn't look great uh, running uh, between the tackles there for, for the Falcons. I mean, let's remember, he wasn't originally pegged to be the starter last year. It's true. I mean, it was Tevin Coleman. Coleman gets hurt. Freeman comes in, goes bananas for a few weeks. And at that point, it was hard to get him out of that starting gig. But – um, you know, I mean, that was always the caveat that a lot of us looked at coming into this year is that for as as great as Freeman was for the majority of last season, yep, he's not their guy. I mean, the, the coaching staff that's in place now, Tevin Coleman is their guy. And I think yep. we always had that fear that at some point they would try to go back to their guy. You know, yep. the other thing I saw in this article too, right, was that, was that Kyle Shanahan uh, has done a great job of featuring one guy. I mean, really feeding one guy and a name that I, I totally forgot. Steve Slayton got like 1,200 yards um, in a Kyle Shanahan offense. So it's kind of like, all right, um, you would think that there'd be one guy in the backfield that they would feature heavily, and we saw that last year. But then again, uh, we also saw him in Cleveland featuring two guys very equally. Yep, you might you might think too like maybe their plan going to last year was to have a kind of a committee between Freeman and Coleman, okay. and it just worked out in Freeman's favor because Coleman got injured and then Freeman exploded, and so they couldn't move away from him. How but, about if know, the like, plan was to give Tevin Coleman the featured role? Right, he got injured, broken ribs, missed two game, two and a half games, right. and then Devontae Freeman just went nuts. Right. So I think I mean there's some regression baked into this 337 touches. Hey man, are you guys comfortable taking him 
uh, in that middle of the second round? Well, uh, spoiler alert, that's where I took him in our mock draft. And <laughs> I, I was not comfortable with it. Immediately after made the, I made the pick, I would have rather gone Jamal Charles. And then this report came out, and I wanted to vomit. So, but, here, I mean, here's the thing. Uh, just a sneak, sneak peek here at the uh, the mock draft at the end of the fir- second round, rather. Um, so you took Freeman, middle of the second round. Correct. And then the three running backs that went after him, uh, Jamal Charles, Doug Martin, Eddie Lacy, uh, Mark Ingram. I mean, at this point... I would have rather had any of those guys. That's what I'm saying, right? Like, Freeman probably slides back to the back end of two. Yeah. And and maybe early third. He's still going to be able to produce. He's still going to see a lot of touches. But you're right. There are guys that could have a higher workload above him and probably would lean in. All right. But important question here. Yes. James Coe, middle of the second round, late second round. Yes. Who would you rather take? Don't do it. Devontae Freeman? I know where you're going. Or Mark (laughs) (laughs) I Don't go there. Why are you going there? Oh, man. Oh, golly. Um, If I was faced with those two options, what do I do? James closes his laptop and leaves the draft. (laughs) (laughs) We won't force you to decide now. Do I take Alshon? Do I just say forget it and just go wide receiver? Probably. probably. That's probably what yeah, you would end up doing. Yeah. Yes. That's probably that's yeah. probably what I, James Coe, would end up doing, which I, I'm not necessarily advocating for uh, for the general population there. All right, let's uh, let's move on. Uh, how about uh, – where am I? Todd going? Gurley. Todd Gurley. Oh, number sorry. one. There you go, Todd Gurley. <laughs> Los Angeles. Uh, headline, Los Angeles. Todd Gurley uh, has some fantasy advice for the folks out there. He says, take him. Number one overall. Hard to disagree. I mean – yeah. You know, Antonio Brown, Odell Beckham Jr., but certainly Todd Gurley's in the mix. Yeah. 100%. I mean, I think he's absolutely in the mix. Put up massive numbers in a 10-game stretch last year. The one concern I have is that uh, I mentioned it on the earlier podcast. <laughs> Rich Rebar made a good note of it that in the three games where the Rams were trailing by a touchdown or more by halftime, he only saw, I think, 34 combined touches in three games, which is not what you want for a featured back. However, Rams have a good combined. defense. Combined. Combined in three games. That's uh, not good. Rams have a good defense. They're going to want to feature their most talented player, so they would hopefully mitigate that by giving the ball more early. Franchise, you, I mean, you did a pretty good look at uh, at running backs uh, this yeah. offseason. Um, your takeaway, uh, here's my thing when I think about Todd Gurley. I think Jared Goff will improve the offense. I don't know what, if he'll improve it in the first four or five games, but certainly in the backstretch, I think he's going to help improve, stabilize that offense quite a bit. And then I think about, you know, the offensive line, I think they played okay, not great last year. I think they will improve. Uh, But strong defenses and strong running games, they go hand in hand. Right. And that's what I really like about Todd Gurley. Yeah, and I I said this in my article um, from a couple weeks ago looking at second-year running backs. I feel like Todd Gurley is one of those few running backs in the league where his team leans on him in the way that the Vikings lean on Adrian Peterson. That's right. He is the guy, no matter what the situation is. And, I mean, why not take a guy who's going to see that volume first overall in your fantasy draft? I I do think an argument could be made for David Johnson as well uh, in terms of, you know, not one overall probably, but if you were facing like the third or fourth pick. Right. um, You know, Dave, I think an argument could be made with David Johnson just because the offense is is better. So much better. So much better. The other thing is that Gurley's talented enough to transcend that. So Yeah, his talent level is unbelievable. The biggest question for Todd Gurley, um, and I, I I see it because, you know, I've been driving the uh, Tavon Austin bandwagon, too, 
is whether or not the coaching staff has figured out how to use one or both of these guys. Because that's always been my frustration, that they've had talent on this Rams roster for a while. Mm-hmm. Yep. It just didn't – it's sort of like, you know, when you buy a video game and you wouldn't bother to read the instruction manual, so you just throw it in there and then you get your, you get your butt kicked a few times. <laughs> and then you're like, oh, maybe I should I read should and read see what these buttons boy. do. Right? right. That That's kind of how I feel about the Rams coaching okay. staff. Like, they, they plugged in Tavon Austin and they ran him around for a little bit and then yeah. he got smacked around. How many like, rushing yards did they have last year? Uh, like 400 or 50. That's amazing. Something like that. Um, Crazy. But now I think they looked at it and said, "Oh, maybe we should like read the instruction manual and figure out what the, these guys do best." So hopefully they've they've got a clue this year. But isn't it amazing too that if you were a- if you're able to add a solid quarterback? Uh, because I, I mean, let's be honest here: the Rams have been floundering around uh, at the quarterback position. Uh, Nick Foles. You don't believe we, in we Case thought- Keenum? Uh, no. Okay. Uh, we thought. <laughs> Just checking. <laughs> Who was the other guy? Austin Davis. Uh, uh, yes. Holy cow. Well, he was actually in Cleveland last year, but uh, and then somebody, or maybe he was in, I don't remember. It was bad. It was bad. Let's move on. Why are we talking about, <laughs> why are we talking about the quarterbacks? Because I think Jared Goff will, will help stabilize that position. I think uh, as the season rolls on, I think the offense will get a lot better. Somebody has his Cal Bear goggles on. Hey, Anyways. Up, baby. <laughs> uh, we're going to go to Cleveland. The Browns running back coach calls Duke Johnson, quote, the ultimate weapon wow it's like a it's like a, a clip from an action movie trailer <laughs> the ultimate weapon in a world where you can't <laughs> find a starting running back <laughs> hugh jackson you has the ultimate weapon uh, but he, i mean come on come on this is this is the height of off-season hyper hype hype yeah. trainery for yeah. sure. hype trainery but i said earlier too the browns didn't draft any any running backs this year so they yeah in a draft that had a lot of a running back. A lot of good running back classes here. So they got to be talking up their guys that they hung on to and, you know, boost their confidence and, you know, throw 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 it around a little bit. Say that they're talented even if they, you know, might not be the most talented guys. I'll tell you what, though, man. Okay. Like, if I ever needed a hype man, I'm going to call Hugh Jackson. Yeah, because, this I mean, is insane. He shows up in Cleveland and he says that the combination of Johnson and Crowell are like the, you know, the two of the best he's ever seen or something like that. I mean, Jeremy Hill and Gio Bernard. The the earth moved when he watched RG3 practice. (laughs) Right, exactly. Like, if I need a hype man or just somebody to help boost my self-confidence just to come and give me a pep talk, I'm calling Hugh Jackson. No, but Duke's a huge, uh, like, mid-round sleeper in PPR leagues. He's going to line up as a wide receiver a whole bunch because they have no other wide receivers. Yeah, what did he have, 60-plus? 61 <laughs> catches last year on 74 targets. Yeah, that's going to go up. That's crazy. He only that's going to go up? His his reception total, I think, will go up. Holy cow. Probably. Yeah. That's They're a bad team that, that could be trailing a lot. Well, they're a rebuilding team that could be trailing a lot. And uh, a good way to try and – They're so know, politically ground. correct. They're bad. Need try to be. Need to try to be. Their offense <laughs> is going to be bad. And a way to do that is to use your playmakers like Duke Johnson and Space out of the backfield in mismatches. So I'm with Franchise. I think his reception total could climb. Woo. And that's what gives him a safe floor as like a flex option in the mid to late rounds in standard leagues. All right, so uh, he went to Adam Rank in round seven in I'm, our 10-team mock, which I think is pretty good. I, yeah, don't, I, don't, I, don't, I like that. I don't hate there. that. Yeah, that's uh, a solid he, spot. Here's the thing. Here, here are the running backs that went after him, right? Jeremy Hill, no. Danny Woodhead, no. Hey. Jeremy Langford, I mean, I like him, but, again, I think Duke Johnson is a better value right. uh, in that seventh round. So, yeah, and then and then what happened? Frank Gore, eh. 
Abdullah. Yeah, there no thanks. Kind of falls off there. Yeah, so I, I mean, it, like like you mentioned, uh, you know, is he he's in an interesting tier group, but certainly, you know, I, I would rather have him than Jeremy Hill. I, I don't think there's any question about it. If that's kind of what you're looking at in round seven. Um, all right, let's talk about this mock draft, shall we? Yep. All right, so uh, I'm going to give you the draft order. Uh, most of the names you've heard of, uh, some of the folks you haven't, uh, they're NFL Fantasy Life producers, uh, so they kind of work behind the scenes of the of everyone's favorite fantasy show here. So uh, we'll start with Alex Wilk, a producer, Dylan Milner, a senior producer, uh, and then from there it's Matt Harmon, uh, who was super excited today to meet Alan Robinson in person. It's always fun. You get to see kids meet their heroes. <laughs> 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 Did they bro hug? I don't know. They, I don't know. They took, they took that selfie, though. Which so. one's the kid and which one's the hero? Uh, good point. Good. Uh, Matt Money Smith picked fourth. Adam Rank, five. Alex Gelhar. Then uh, the franchise, Marcus. I was ninth. And then Michael Fabiano rounded out uh, the ten. All right. Here's round one. Antonio Brown, Todd Gurley, OBJ. David Johnson. Julio Jones to rank. I think he was super happy with that pick. I yeah. think yep. so. Uh, Le'Veon Bell to Gelhar, Zeke Elliott to Franchise, Nuke Hopkins to Marcus. I took Adrian Peterson at nine. That's value. Yeah. And then Rob Gronkowski at ten. A pretty pretty chalky first round. I, I think, think so. I think yeah. at, this, yep. at this point, we're starting to zero in across, you know, us here, Yahoo, yep. ESPN, wherever, wherever we see these mocks. We're yep. kind of starting to zero in on what the first round is going to look like. Because sure. It's these guys with the built-in good workloads, you know, the, the top wide receivers, Gurley, Bell, Peterson, Elliott, and then either Gronkowski or, you know, A.J. Green can climb into that first round as well. But so there, there really were no surprises. I mean, I was happy to get Bell at sixth. I think we were all pretty happy with the, the values of our picks in the back half of that first round. Yep. Uh, I, I was hoping, beyond hope, that somehow Ezekiel Elliott would fall to me, but uh, he did not. You, you know, this is the thing, uh, and I just wrote this to you, uh, Alex, um, in our – mock draft takeaways, but I I don't mind the ninth or 10th pick in right. this year's draft. Traditionally, the ninth or 10th pick is generally not great in terms of trying to win a championship, uh, but this year, I don't mind it at all because I think you're really going to get some really good value. I, I mean, again, at pick nine, don't be surprised if you see Le'Veon Bell, if you see Zeke Elliott, if you see New Hopkins. At number nine. All those guys. I would love to have all those guys on my team. But Adrian Peterson at nine, I'll take it all day long. That's great. Yep. Uh, and by the way, everybody, you can find the full mock draft results. There you go. Team by team breakdowns with each expert's uh, little strategy or analysis of the draft. And Fabiano's pick by pick analysis at NFL.com slash fantasy. It's the main piece on the uh, on the page there, and it's in the app as well, and I think all of us have tweeted it. So get on it and get studying. All right, franchise, uh, give me. Let's uh, let's break down your your draft a little bit. You 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 picked from what uh, the eight hole? Seventh, seventh, seventh hole. That's and right. so it came to me at seven, and I was trying to decide between Peterson and Elliott, and yeah. I opted for Elliott just because he's younger, and every week a new story comes out saying how his workload's going to increase by another hundred carries. <laughs> <laughs> he's going to just get all of the touches. <laughs> I like it. This is how the, the, the first uh, half of your uh, draft broke down, basically. Zeke Elliott, Des Bryant, Cam Newton, Brandon Marshall, Thomas Rawls. Yep. And so, Did um, you like it? Did I, you like your draft? I kind of love this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh wow. Oh, yeah. wow. Wow. So, so basically what, how I've been sort of pegging this is I went risk-reward. Re Elliott has never stepped foot on a football field. Des Bryant's coming off a huge ankle injury. Cam Newton – I mean, he's due for some regression, but sure. he's still an elite fantasy quarterback. I'm cool there. Don't usually take a quarterback that early. Right. 
Brandon Marshall, nobody knows who the Jets quarterback is going to be. Hopefully it's Ryan Fitzpatrick. If so, I'm totally cool with Marshall at four um, as my wide receiver too. And then Thomas Rawls with my fifth pick, he's also coming off an ankle injury. So there's some risk involved there. Nobody knows what the Seattle backfield is going to look like. Um, But I sort of backed up those risky picks with some depth later on. I got Jeremy Hill, Chris Ivory. I reached for Arian Foster to um, later. In <laughs> you took him in round 12, just a rando Arian Foster pick. I was yep. like, where the hell did that come from? Yep. So just, I don't know. He's going to end up on a team eventually, I think, but who knows what his role will be. All right. Uh, uh, Wiz, uh, g- give me a breakdown of your team. Um, did you like your draft? Well, uh, with with Bell coming to me at uh, at six, I was figuring unless AJ Green would fall to me magically in the middle of round two, which he did not. Marcus took him in round two. Uh, I was going to lean uh, running back heavy, as I mentioned off the top. I was a little I was disappointed immediately in the Freeman pick, even more so when all those reports came out. Should have gone sure. Jamal Charles, but I started off with three running backs, and I've got three guys that could project to finish in the top fifteen at their position. Uh, Le'Veon Bell, Devonta Freeman, and LaShawn McCoy. Because after that, I believe if you want to go running back heavy, this is still a year to do it. So many people are scared off because of all of the death that hit the position last year. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> for sure. Uh, as, as I like to <laughs> not so lightly call it. But yeah. at, because the wide receiver is so deep, like you look at it, I none of my guys are, are elite options. But I grabbed Brandon Cooks, Jeremy Macklin, Michael Floyd, and Emmanuel Sanders with my next four picks. Right. So of those guys, I have... Across the board, strong number two. Sanders is a little bit of the weaker one because of his unsettled quarterback situation. But Cooks was, I think, just outside or just in the top 12 scoring wide receivers last year. Macklin could get up there if he stays healthy because he's the number one option in that offense with a defense that's going to have some big injuries and might not be as stout as it was a year ago. And then Michael Floyd, him and John Brown are both great breakout options, and they went back-to-back to to franchise and me in this draft. Yeah, That Cardinals offense is one of the best in the league, so I'm all about having a piece of that passing attack. Nice. All right, so uh, MG, my guy, Marcus Grant. Can you break down your draft? Did you like it? Uh, I did like my draft. I, I you know, I, I kind of tend to do my strategy based on, in part, where I'm drafting, where I am in the order, and then what happens ahead of me. And so being in the eighth spot kind of gave me some time to see how things were going to fall. And so it, it sort of worked out that I went zero RBs the first couple of rounds. So I was able to get uh, Nuke Hopkins, which I was left with a dilemma at eight. I mean, I had, I had Hopkins there. I saw Adrian Peterson was sure. there. I even considered A.J. Green at that spot. And I decided to go with Hopkins, feeling like, okay, this dude is the playmaker. He's got, you know, I, right. I can't say he's got bigger upside than all these other guys. I just, he's, he's the one I felt more comfortable with. So then it, it happened to work out. We get to the turn, A.J. Green's still sitting there. Yep. Uh, I mean, I went Hopkins. You immediately went Adrian Peterson, James. Right. So I came back with A.J. Green, which is fine. And doing that, I still felt comfortable by the time it came back to me in the third round that I, I was comfortable with the running backs that were still left. I'm huge about C.J. Anderson, mostly because I, I think he bounces back. I think what we saw from him at the end of last year was more indicative of who he is, plus us kids from Vallejo got to stick together. Um, <laughs> so I, I went with him. I was, deba- I was debating between him or Carlos Hyde. I went Anderson. You followed up with Hyde. So yeah. it was fine there. Um, I mean, the, the things that I really liked, I liked – uh, getting Greg Olson in what was it the sixth round? Uh, you know, as the third tight end off the board, I was very very happy with that. The other thing about the draft, and this comes with knowing who is in your league. That's right. And knowing how the draft goes, I know that because of our league, quarterbacks you can wait forever, forever. and still get a quarterback. Right. I I mean, I, 
Proof positive of that is Fabs taking Ben Roethlisberger at the end of round nine. Um, we get to 11 where I felt like, okay, now is the time for me to go get a quarterback. Yeah. Going into round 11, I was just expecting that, that most everybody was going to be gone, that Eli Manning would still be hanging around near the top of the list because he was the guy I was really targeting. I get to 11, and I have a choice between Carson Palmer and Eli Manning. It's pretty good. Very, very good. Very excited about it. Love both those guys. Think they're both going to have big years. All things being equal, I take the USC guy. It's really, it's so funny because in every other round, in all the odd rounds, you made my decision so easy. <laughs> every single round. First round, I'm like, okay, if it gets down to me, I'm looking at New Hopkins or Adrian Peter. I'll just take the, the leftovers there. And then in round three, I'm like, all right, is Carlos Hyde going to be available? Because if not, I'll just take Amari Cooper. Right, and then it, it basically we just we really were just kind of um, ping ponging back and forth. And you mentioned Eli Manning in round eleven. I, I took him one pick right after your Carson Palmer yep. pick. So, yeah. um, and the thing I like about Eli Manning a little bit more than Carson Palmer because I think a lot of folks are going to be facing this dilemma. Uh, high profile names. They both playing pretty good offenses. Carson Palmer uh, at times was a top five quarterback in fantasy last year. Eli Manning, I think, finished in the top 10, but of course he was very up and down. Uh, uh, there was one game where I think he had seven touchdowns. He had, uh, yeah, he did. He had uh, six that game, uh, and uh, there were, th- I think, three or four games where he had like five or fewer points. Oy. Uh, the reason I like Eli Manning this year, though, um, more durable than Carson Palmer, but also I think with the new, I don't want to say the new offense, but the new old offense, I think they're going to be more up-tempo. I think there's going to be a lot more passing plays. Um, and quite frankly, the, the the draft pick of Sterling Shepard to me as well is also going to open up the pass attack. Odell Beckham Jr. I think is going to take a step forward. So I think there's just a lot to like about Eli Manning. And again, I took him in round 11. There's not a whole lot of... Even if he doesn't pan out, I'm not really stressed out about it too much. Now, keep in mind, folks, you can take Eli Manning or Carson Palmer in round 11 when everybody else in your league is waiting on a quarterback. Right. Just know, I mean. It's true. It's not. Look, I, it, on it's NFL. not going to work like that in every league. In NFL.com, right. in, the, in the mock drafts that we've seen thus far, Eli Manning, I think, I believe, is going the eighth round. Probably, yeah, probably closer than to right. I mean, eight, there, or nine, there are plenty. Maybe ten. There are plenty of leagues where quarterbacks have come off the board a lot earlier. You know, they, they're going to be leagues where you've got Aaron Rodgers and Cam Newton probably in the second round. But I will say this. I think when you get to around 11, I think in almost in, in any 10-team league, in any 10-team league, I think some combination of Carson Palmer, Eli Manning, Derek Carr, Tyrod Taylor, and Kirk Cousins will Phil, be available. Phil Rivers. Phil Rivers. <laughs> Phil Rivers will most certainly be available in round 11. Yeah. Um. And that's what I mean, though. I just was like, hey, listen, when I get to round 11, round 12, I'll address the quarterback position. Of those five or six guys, I'll gladly take it's, those guys. It's super deep. And even if you miss out on them, Mariota, Winston, oh, Romo, lots of, lots of options. But, James, uh, Marcus was kind of done with his draft there. Why don't you walk us through a little bit of your strategy? Yeah, so, so here's the thing. You know, when you, I really feel like this year, if you're drafting later uh, – in your draft, in your draft order, rather. like So I had the ninth pick out of 10. Even if I had the ninth pick out of 12 or 10th pick out of 12 or something, um, I think you can go running back heavy, and I think you're going to get great value there. Now, I'm not saying ignore uh, the elite wide receivers. Allen Robinson, to me, is still an elite guy, so I'll take him. Um, but, you know, I'm really focused on, if I have one of those later picks, really focused on trying to get 
uh, strong at the running back position because there's so many wide receivers I really like in new situations um, that I think are going a little later than they could be. Doug Baldwin, Dante Moncrief I took, Marvin Jones I took, Nelson Aguilar I took a 15th round flyer on. So, I mean, again, in standard scoring leagues, you need two wide receivers, right? Mm -hmm. That's it. I think that's it. So, you know, when I look at Doug Baldwin, Dante Moncrief, Marvin Jones, Nelson Aguilar, I need one of those guys to pan out. And, I, and I'm confident that one of those guys uh, will pan out pretty well. And when you pair him with an Allen Robinson to go along with Adrian Peterson, Carlos Hyde, Deion Lewis, and again, Jeremy Langford, Kenneth Dixon, more sleepers that I'm kind of piling in on there. So uh, I, I'm, I'm looking for a roster that has a lot of upside. And if it doesn't, I'm going to play that waiver wire. Mm -hmm. That's yep. what's going to happen. And, and for me, I, I really like my draft too. I, there's, don't get me wrong, look, <laughs> there was a lot of confidence coming out of this draft. Yes. Frank was grandstanding. <laughs> Frank was grandstanding for hours. Right. Harmon called his team the goat. Yep. Franchise <laughs> loved his. Marcus loved his. I was okay with mine. I, I wasn't in love with it, but I, I, I felt. I think I said I, I drafted the Bengals. Like it's good enough to get to the dance, but I'll probably get bounced in the first round. I mean, if I was going up against you, I would be intimidated by your running back and wide receivers. Yeah, it's not a bad set. But aside from our own our own drafts. Let's all pick a favorite other draft, and I'll get us started off. I did like what Harmon did. Uh, he had a couple nice players fall to him, uh, particularly in round three. Dylan opted for Jarvis Landry over Alshon Jeffrey, so that helped Harmon out. Yeah. But his first, his first, uh, let's do first six picks here. He has uh, Beckham, Jamal Charles, Alshon Love Jeffrey, Love Demarius it. Thomas, Love it. Russell Wilson, yep. and Latavius Murray. So that could be his starting lineup right there that's if pretty he good. puts a wide receiver in the flex. That's that's nice. Yeah. And then knowing him being the wide receiver guy, he got his boy Tyler Lockett, who is his Allen Robinson for this year, the person he like believes in the most to take the next step. And then picked up Djax as you know that high upside guy to to play in the right spots. Yeah, I made a mistake there in round eight. I took Ladarius Green for no reason. <laughs> Absolutely. And then no he, he, he you know, he's got he's got Gary Barnage who's still going to have a ton of volume in Cleveland. Uh, as we mentioned with the Duke Johnson section, they're going to be probably be behind a fair amount, and he's one of the most reliable targets in that offense. And then he's got some some good handcuffs where if somebody goes down, he's got a ton of value for a trade target or somebody to start in his lineup with Charles Sims. D'Angelo Williams, Jordan Howard, and DeAndre Washington. I feel like Matt Harmon's doing too many MFLs because this is a great. <laughs> is this not? This is a great. It could be. It's a huge best ball lineup. This is a great best ball. I, mean, lineup. I look at I look at Tyler Lockett. I Deshaun look at Jackson. Jackson. Oh yeah. If D'Angelo Williams pans Charles out, Charles Sims. That's Benjamin. what I'm saying. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Uh, but the the one problem that I had with Matt Harmon's draft was that not a whole heck of a lot of running back depth. And when week two, week three rolls around. Um, and he's watching D'Angelo Williams rack up 0 0.1 points and, yeah. and Jordan Howard racking up 1.2 points. How much are, how long are those guys going to be on his roster? Right. Yep. So that, that is the one weakness. If, you know, if some, if an injury goes right, then he's got great spots. Charles Sims is the one that would still provide him weekly value. Maybe yeah, Washington too, but no, you're right. If there is a hang up on it, that's the spot. But what about you guys, Marcus? Um, pick another team here. I like I like I like James's team really. I mean I like the way I, you know obviously we talked about me starting with D Hop and he follows with Adrian Peterson. You know that's solid. I mean I I like the running back depth he has where he's got Peterson, Carlos Hyde, Dion Lewis. Where you know one of those guys can potentially be a flex. Then at the wide receiver spot, Allen Robinson, Doug Baldwin, your starters potentially Dante Moncrief works in as a flex there. I think Ladarius Green could potentially have a really big year in that Pittsburgh offense. I mean, there there are targets to be had with no yeah. Martavis Bryant and no Heath Miller. So there are targets to be had there. Um, and then the quarterbacks. I mean, you know, we mentioned Eli Manning getting drafted late there in the 11th round. But then following that back up with Derek Carr, 
I mean, I think that's a solid, solid team. I'm doing that in every draft, by the way. You're taking two QBs? I'm taking two QBs uh, because I'm waiting super, super late, and I'm always going back-to-back. Yeah. Um, that's how late I'm waiting because I'm waiting till around 11, 12, or, or 12, 13, and I'm always going back-to-back because, again, I mentioned five guys I really like. Eli Manning, Derek Carr, Tyrod Taylor, Kirk Cousins, mm-hmm. um, and Carson Palmer. I love all five of those guys. I know they're going to be there, and why not double up? Because you've got to play the matchups at some point, right? Yeah. I mean, that's what we always talk about in fantasy. Play the matchups. Yep. Uh, so I'm doing that a lot in, in my mock. James, who's your team? Um, You know what? Can I talk about a team I hate? Okay. I, I hated Michael Fabiano's team. Oh. I don't think he was in love with it I don't either, think he actually. was thrilled with it. He wasn't. He wrote it in the lead for his analysis. Oh, really? Yeah. Uh, when I look at his squad, right, it's, so he starts off with, with Rob Gronkowski. I, I'm just not in love with it because tight end position is so deep. I'm actually surprised he went there, but it's fine. Uh, he went Lamar Miller second round. Sammy Watkins, a lot of injury concerns there. Matt Forte, age concerns. Jonathan Stewart, I, I cannot – <laughs> disagree with that pick more. I, I was just writing this right now, uh, or earlier today. I am already prepared to start defending Jonathan Stewart again all Ab- up until the season. season. Absolutely. We just crack the knuckles. They didn't get registered. Can we acknowledge, is, uh, James, is there a running back in the NFC South? <laughs> you're, not, you're not big on Deion. You know, <laughs> let, let me take a late round fly. Devontae Freeman, Coleman. Mark Ingram, no. Jonathan Stewart, no. <laughs> I mean, Doug Martin, can he get some love? Yeah, I like yeah. Doug. Okay, cool. So, I like the Doug or not. All right. So yeah. I, think, I think I'm kind of with you, James. <laughs> I, love, I love his Lamar Miller pick, but there's a lot of guys on here. That his other safe pick was Eric Decker. Just that one's fine. We know what he is. He took Devontae Parker in round seven. That's I mean, a reach. I, I, some people are high on him. I'm definitely not high at him in that place. But if he turns into Demarius Thomas 2.0 and Gase's offense in Miami, then Fabs is in business. But – you're right. His running backs have age or injury concerns. I mean, the inconvenient truth, Frank Gore in round eight, that's really oh. not bad value. You know, I, I will say yeah. this, that I think I think what happened in this draft for, draft for Fabs is it's sort of what happens when you kind of get, I won't say outside your comfort zone, but when you do something early in the draft that maybe isn't what you normally do. And yeah. Fabs taking a tight end in round one is that's, definitely out of character. It's true. And so I think what happened is after that, he turned into that Mr. Krabs meme where everything is kind of blurry <laughs> and stuff. Like, I kind of feel like that's how the re- I mean, that's how the rest of your draft goes. You're like, and you did something in the first round. You're like, now how do I recover? And you never quite do. Especially when you're picking at the turn. Yes. Because you, he, makes, so he makes the Gronk-Lamar Miller pick, and then he has to watch – for 18 more picks come back around <laughs> right. before he goes again. I just don't think he took any um, – I don't think he took a lot of high upside guys. I mean, I, I mean Eric Decker's a number two. Devontae Parker's a number two. Um, Laquan Treadwell is – I don't know. I guess there's, there's he some, be a 1A maybe. There's some red zone upside there. Uh, Tavon Austin, that's a that's a really good pick. I actually oh, I like Marcus the Tavon was, Austin pick because I, I was mad. I, was, I, had him all, <laughs> I had him all queued up for the turn. Right. And it it didn't it didn't happen. So yeah, I know. I think Fabs didn't feel as comfortable with this team, and you can you can see you can see why. But I I see the upside there too. It's just there are, there are some qu- more probably question marks than most people, especially Fabs, would want to feel comfortable with. Yeah, oh, there you go. All right, should we do mailbag? Oh, let's get to some mailbag questions. Oh wait, uh, one more quick on the draft. Yeah, we please. forgot this. We did in the first time. Everybody's got to pick a steal of the draft. Oh, oh right. picks. Oh, this is important right. stuff. It is important stuff. Who wants to start? Uh, I'll start. Okay. Um. <laughs> 
<laughs> franchise. No, no, no go ahead. Go ahead. No, go it was ahead. great because Franchise was just raising his hand and was about to go, I'll start. Mark's like, I got it. Well, here, I mean, I'll, I'll start, but I'm going to start by praising Franchise because okay. I think I think he had a couple of great picks late. I think Marcus Wheaton in round I love 11 that I love that uh, is fantastic considering yep. his his spot in that offense. I think, I think Willie Sneed in round 10 was good too. I think that's good. I think Stephon Diggs in, Stephon Diggs in round 13, that was one that, you know, he got just before me. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I was totally okay with that. Yeah. I snaked them from you. Just yes, you did. Um, before <laughs> I jerk. get my steal of the draft, my favorite draft was ranks because he got Nelson. Oh yeah, sorry. Uh, Julio Jones, Jordy Nelson, and Mike Evans one two three, and then JJ is as his RB one. Love that. And then two big PPR backs with Gio Bernard and Duke Johnson. This was not a PPR draft, but no. they're both still good picks. Right. I still yeah, I still liked it. And then before I do my steal of the draft, okay, I I didn't note this when we recorded this earlier. Okay, but. Look at all these rookie running backs that went. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight rookie running backs went. And that's pretty nuts for a 10-team standard. That's insane. I think we're uh, – It is. This this group of drafters is pretty high on rookie running backs. So. Yeah, I, I, and I don't think we'll see that yeah. Um, in, yeah. in your layman's draft. Right. But, uh, but you know – There there should be a you start, you start When you get too close to the game, you start loving these guys. Yeah, man. that's what it is and too. There, there's a fair amount of guys in positions where there's a tremendous amount of upside, though, which is why I think, you know, when it comes to taking a rookie running back or taking an older handcuff, even pretty casual drafters, I think, are going to side with taking the rookie running back because it's exciting. They're new, like the team wants to get them in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, so many guys, whether it's uh, Dixon, obviously Elliott, but Dixon, Henry, Procise, Booker, yeah. those guys, are, and Jordan Howard in particular, are all very close to a huge workload if somebody goes down ahead of them or they just outperform them. Yeah, you know, I did want to make a point, too, uh, about draft strategies a little bit because I think once you get to round 10, I think you got to throw the ranks right out. Don't – I mean, pretty much ignore the ranks. Just get your guys. Yeah. Get your guy. Yeah. Reach for your guys. If you want a guy, just get him. ADP is a guideline. It's yeah. not It's not the Bible. You it don't is have not to, the rule. You, know, you don't have to yeah. swear by it and, and only draft guys in that range of the ADP. Like – there were a number of cases in in this draft. I'm sure I'd have to look at it where we jumped guys at their at their current ADP. Yeah, I mean Kenneth Dixon. I I don't see him going in most leagues uh, that early. Uh, I took him what uh, on round the turn, ten, I think. Ra- yeah, round ten in that turn. And, and quite frankly, I was really thinking about taking him um, in round nine or eight even. But you know, again, just when you get to that point, it doesn't really matter. Just take your guy. And, right. And, I, and uh, Fra- uh, Gellar, I really like the fact that you took a guy like Derrick Henry in round 10. I saw Devontae Booker go in round 10 to, to Matt Money-Smith because I think he's seen him play, and I think he really believes in the talent level. So, you know, why not? I, I, Devontae Booker is going undrafted. In most leagues, yeah, that'll change once we get to training camp. Uh, well. yeah, I mean, depends, I, think, I think it will. I depends really depends how he looks because he's still coming off that knee injury, and there are currently two backs ahead of him. But so, Marcus, you hit a steal. Franchise, did you slip your steal? Uh, my steal was Marcus getting Carson Palmer at round what? Oh, that's right. You guys just yeah. patty. You guys 11? just patty caking. That's yeah, man. insane. <laughs> We've got that is insane. We've got an arrangement here. Okay, <laughs> that is insane. An Carson Palmer that late. So <laughs> nice pick, Marcus. Thanks. Uh, I did like Adam Rank taking Zach Miller in round thirteen. Oh yeah, I love Zach Absolutely. Miller. Woo! Going to be a beast. That's pretty crazy. He took Jimmy Graham and Zach Miller back to back, and I and I can't hate him for that. That's pretty good. I think you you kind of have to if you're taking Jimmy Graham. Yeah, just, you got to back uh, him until we have any kind of certainty about right. his his future. You got to go with somebody else right after that. Yeah, I liked it. Uh, a couple of the ones I really liked, James. Oh, we talked about it briefly, but Marvin Jones. Right now, they've come out and even said that Tate and Jones are one A and one B. March we don't we, we don't even know who the one A is. It could very well be Jones, and March he could, he'll push the ball down. He'll be the one pushing the ball down the field more. Let than go, Tate. So that's a good pick. 
Uh, how did we not acknowledge the first time that Wilk got whoever who was going to be the highest scoring wide receiver in the league in round 15 and Jeff Janis? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All joking aside, he did, Wilk, Wilk did draft his starting quarterback as his QB2 in round 13 in Tyrod Taylor over, over Blake Brodels, as uh, Brodels. we're calling him these days. Yep. And uh, <laughs> I just want to give a – a little shout out to never mind I lost where I was gonna go so forget it okay I threw out a couple <laughs> guys there all right hey uh, cue up those mailbag sanders buddy because we're about to hit the mailbag right about you've got mail all right the the first one comes from at spo Joshot. uh keeper question if you don't mind two from this list Hyde in the fourth Brandon Marshall in the fifth Latavius Murray in the fifth standard scoring so Hyde four Brandon Marshall five Lat Murray five. Uh, I'm going to go Hyde and Murray. I like it. Um, I don't know. Bay Area running backs. Am I right? Am I right? <laughs> uh, I, it's it's Marshall and Murray for me, and it's it's not close in this one. I feel like Hyde's got too many question marks on the bad offense. Murray thinks you're projecting okay for him. Marshall's a wide receiver one that you're getting in the fifth round. Toss Hyde back and keep the other two. Nope. I am a not a <laughs> – <laughs> nope. nope. That was nope. so dismissive. I am not a Latavius Murray believer, so <laughs> I'm going Hyde and Brandon Marshall. Oh, wow, really? We're not, not helping wait, wait, this guy we haven't We haven't helped you at all. Yes. No, but why not a Latavius Murray? I don't know. I just – I don't know. He's big, strong, physical kid, plays in a great offense. I think he'll be oh, better just, this year, he too. He just didn't ha- – he didn't wow last year. You he know? didn't. He didn't. And at least Carlos Hyde had that one game where everyone – in week one where everyone was like, whoa, this guy. Oh, hey, listen, be don't, you don't need to sell me on Carlos Hyde. I no, love no, yeah. I love me some Carlos Hyde. Everyone's down on Hyde, and, you know, I get it. San Francisco's not the greatest offense in the league. But okay. Uh, like next mailbag question, please. Message for you, son. Uh, at Usain Boris. I like it. At Usain Boris. He asks, uh, how many players – do you think it's okay to have on your bench, which are simply long-term, high-upside flyers? So how many of your bench spots should you dedicate to, to basically sleeper picks? Uh, I would say at the the most, you're looking at half your bench. So like if you have a you know six players on your bench, I'd say three. Um, and that's at most. That's at most. Because otherwise, when you get to that's bye tough. weeks, you get to bye weeks, you get to injuries. I, I just want to have a few guys there that I feel confident that I can plug in when I have an open slot in my, my starting line. I mean, here's the thing. It's cute to think that all the starters you draft are going to be good. That's cute. <laughs> it's not going to happen. I mean, it's not going to happen. There's ineffectiveness uh, in on, this league as well. Not on my teams. <laughs> not on your team. You've never drafted a bust ever No. in your life. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, that's the thing. <laughs> and that's where the bench comes into play. When you have a deeper bench, you're kind of insuring yourself against busts. Yeah. Um, I mean, again, if you have a first-round bust, yeah, okay, that, that that makes it pretty hard. But uh, but a lot of these other guys, your wide receiver two, your RB twos, your flex positions, you know, you're playing matchups. You're, you're hoping that injuries don't don't happen. But all these different things are happening where you got to play the matchups, you got to play the talent level, you got to play uh, the injuries. Bye weeks. Bye weeks are a killer. So again, I, I don't know. Three out of six. That's at most. Yeah. I, I mean, maybe I spend two picks on, on um, deep sleepers that I think could pan. That I've got to wait you know, three or four weeks. But if you're waiting eight weeks, I would probably say no. I'd probably say no. I'd, pro- I'd probably pass on those guys. Agreed. All right, next one, please. Mail it in! Mail it in. Tom Straken. <laughs> These names are tough. <laughs> at, at T Straken Edit. This is tough. These are tough. Uh, I can keep two of, are you ready, 
A.J. Green in the third, Edelman 6th, Decker 14th, Moncrief 15th, standard 12-team league, you keep two. A.J. Green, Edelman, Decker, Moncrief. Uh, let's just go ahead and throw out Edelman. Uh, <laughs> it's gr- green, is, green and Moncrief for me. Garbo, so let's just throw him out. Uh, Garbo, wow, that's rough. Ra- ra- <laughs> Edelman is a fantastic all player. Right, I'm, right. going, I'm, going, I'm going green and Decker boy. myself. Green and Decker. I'm going to go green and Decker, too. Why not Decker and Moncrief? 14th what? and 15th? Because AJ, AJ, AJ Green in the third round? Yeah, the, man. Oh. <laughs> AJ, AJ Green could push for like 180 targets this year with yeah, Sanu true. and Jones out of the way. That's true. Especially with Eifert injured early. Yep. He's an elite talent. Third round, book it. All right, fine. AJ Green, Moncrief for me. Uh, next question, please. Get that sandwich out of your pie hole and listen up, maggot. It's time for mail call. All right, at Johnny Walt 6. He asking this question here. Uh, last <laughs> year, Alec, I don't know why I said it that. Yeah, way. that was weird. That was really weird. I was trying to figure. Okay, never mind. Don't worry about it. Uh, last year, Allen Robinson was a mid-round darling. Who is this year's mid-round stud? I like Devonte Parker. Says Johnny W. There you go. Yeah, that was not James saying that. Um, That's right. Well, if we uh, Allen, you know, as I mentioned earlier, Tyler Lockett is Matt Harmon's Allen Robinson this year. So sure. if you want to follow him and his reception perception work, Tyler Lockett's the guy to take in the middle rounds. Uh, personally, for me, I am all about the young Arizona wide receivers, Michael Floyd and John Brown. I'm trying to draft them in as many leagues as possible this year. Michael Floyd is going to happen this year. Yeah, I, I, I'm on board. This time. No, I'm, I'm on board with that. I totally believe that. For reals this time. For reals this time. For, for reals, for reals. For reals. For I mean, he had <laughs> with he had a Z. Four 100-yard games in his final seven that he played. He's got all the tools and the size of a number one receiver. Larry Fitzgerald's basically permanently moved into the slot. He's still going to get his work there. John Brown's the probably the higher upside, maybe the higher upside guy with his with his speed and everything. But yeah, uh, I think I I love. Floyd. So, uh, wh- by the way, how are we defining mid round? What does that mean? Like four think, to eight? Like probably like five to nine. Five to maybe? nine. Five to nine. That sounds about right. Five yeah, to nine works. Right. That sounds about right. I'll, I'll yeah. say Marvin Jones on the back end of that. It's a beautiful choice. I All think right. uh, in round nine, if you're getting Marvin Jones, I, I think you're getting pretty good value. Um, I think he's got a super safe floor. And the upside, I love. And, and like I said, I, I'm all in, man. Marvin Jones, March 1100, book it. My guy is uh, Jeremy Macklin, who I don't think gets a lot of love in fantasy circles. He no, because 124 targets last year. Preach! Because the Chiefs' offense doesn't do anything to excite anybody. And it's right. not because Macklin's a, not a good player. He's I a feel good player. bad for Jeremy Macklin. Yeah, me too. Yeah, because he plays in the oatmeal of NFL offenses. <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that fine. Yeah. And like, I had oatmeal for breakfast. It was fine. Hey, it's not like, but it's not like going to get a breakfast burrito. Yeah, it's not the same. He's one of the exciting. He he's like the best part of that that oatmeal though. I mean, like he's the, the cranberries and like the blueberries and blueberries, stuff. Blueberries, yeah. I yeah. mean, Jamal Charles is probably like the cinnamon, and uh, Jim Macklin <laughs> is the blueberries. Wow, this is getting off the rails. Yeah. Why did uh, we have to lose the audio on the first podcast? Macklin, mid-round stud. Moving on. Yes, right. Macklin's a great choice franchise. Uh, wow. All right, who uh, listen, Marcus? Who'd you uh, mine's actually going to be Sterling Shepard. Um, you know, we're, we're talking upside guys. We're talking young guys. Obviously, yeah. the rookie coming in here and. You know, we we've all talked about how we are big on Eli Manning this year. Uh, obviously, Odell Beckham is still there, but like big ca- caveat for you though, right? Well, the big I mean, caveat is what happens with Victor Cruz, right. and you know, I wish him certainly all the best in trying to to recover and come back. But it doesn't sound like the Giants are completely sold that he's going to be ready early in the season. Um, 
and skill wise, I mean, I think Shepard is a great complement to what Beckham does. So oh, if huge. if there's no Victor Cruz there, I think I think Sterling Shepard really takes off, and that's a guy that I'm I really am targeting him in a lot of drafts. Quick off the line, little smallish dude, but that's okay. He's got great hands, great quickness, um, and as you mentioned, you know, if they're going to be using that West Coast style offense, short passing, Sterling Shepard's going to see work, and he, and he's going to get open. Um, considering that Odell Beckham Jr. is going to be taking so much attention off the top. I, I agree with you. Um, if he is named, you know, um, a starter opposite Odell, you know, sky's the limit. Yep. But, but if Victor, if they're going to try to work in Victor Cruz and they kind of give him that uh, starter position, at least for the first, like, let's say, like four weeks, oh, I, it's, it's hard for me to invest in Sterling Shepard that early knowing I got to wait that long because he doesn't have he doesn't have that Odell Beckham Jr. upside does he no 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 not not quite that that upside but he's he's very talented and, and we like it a lot but all right moving on moving on <laughs> you got mail baby Woo! at it's a tumor <laughs> Dave Tudor that's pretty good that's a good that's a good handle it's a tumor <laughs> uh 10 team PPR great handle by the way uh 10 team PPR we're keeping two. Rawls, Reed, or Kelvin Benjamin. Rawls, Reed, or Kelvin Benjamin. Reed and Benjamin. Reed and Benjamin. It's a no-brainer. Uh, Rawls saw fewer passing targets per game than Marshawn Lynch did in that offense, and they drafted uh, franchises in Harmon's boy, C.J. Procise, who's converted wide receiver, probably going to get mixed in a lot. Yep. Rawls has very little PPR upside, so you got to go with the guys that are going to catch the passes. Not really thrilled with those choices. No, they're uh, all kind of meh. But, yeah, it's not, know, it's not Reed, great keeper options. Reed's got good upside. Um, I think Reed's got great upside, but I, I got to say he's being overdrafted, though. Yes, in nah. standard leagues, he's being way over. Nah, nah. <laughs> <laughs> over under on twelve games. Over. Come on, bro. Over. Come on. Over. Don't played fourteen last year. Again, that's last year. <laughs> over. He's he's how, such how many games did he play the year before? Uh. Someone looked this up. Great. While while they're looking up that, that irrelevant statistic, he is such a matchup nightmare. He's Kirk Cousins' favorite target. He dominated they're red zone looks on offense. They are boys. They are boys. And for good reason, because he makes Kirk Cousins' job extremely easy when he just goes, where's Jordan Reed on the field? And <laughs> throws it at him. Uh, it's true. I do like the combination. I just think for where he, where, what his value is, especially in relation to Greg Olson. We're watching Greg Olson go like two rounds later uh, than, than Jordan Reed right now. And I understand the upside, but I just – I just can't buy into the to the injury risk. All right, so by the way, year before he played eleven games, year before that he played nine. So if we're if we're sticking with these food comps here for yes, offenses. Please. Jordan Reed is like a fresh slice of pizza right out of the oven. It could be the most delicious thing you've ever taken. It could burn the top of your mouth and you won't be able to taste anything. <laughs> Meanwhile, Greg Olson's like the, the garlic knot there. It's good. You know what you're always gonna get with the garlic knot, yeah. but it's not gonna change your life like the piece of pizza could. <laughs> It's all right, though. It's the standard garlic knot. It's all right, though, because, you know, when that piece of pizza burns your mouth, it doesn't turn out to be that good. Those garlic knots will fill you up. They yeah, will I love, satisfy I love you. garlic knots, too. I don't, don't take that as a slight, Greg Olson, if you listen to this. <laughs> <laughs> Where are we going? I don't know. This is this is what happens when we have to tape the podcast at 4 o'clock <laughs> instead of early in the morning when we're all sharp. I hope the listeners at home are enjoying this and are not, like, unsubscribing right now. Uh, they probably But are. if you haven't subscribed already, please head to iTunes or NFL.com slash podcast. Hey, there you go. Like and rate the, the podcast podcast as well it helps us we can get better from it uh and get more people listening all right last mailbag question here wait 
Do we, I thought we have we have a couple more. We, we got, got a few we, more. We gotta get to we're we're kind of running out of time. All right, no? We got to get him in. We got to oh, get him in. All right, fine. You here. got mail. All right, let's go quick then. Uh, at Wu Benny NMU. I used to work with this guy. Shout out to Benny. Oh, cool. Um, Cardinals receivers in order, weekly and best ball. Cardinals receivers. So there's three of them. Yep. So uh, for me, I rank uh, in regular standard leagues, uh, Floyd, John Brown, Larry Fitzgerald, best ball, John Brown, Floyd, Larry Fitzgerald. I agree. Yep. Consensus Comple- franchise? Completely yes, on board. What are you doodling over there? Focus. I'm, I'm writing their initials down. <laughs> okay, no, the order of the rank. Completely yeah. on board. All right. All right let's get All motivated right. for these last couple. All right. Here we go. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) Dean scream. Let's go. I like it. At Tyler Strong 95, when will Charlie get on the pod? Matt Harmon's dog. Listen, I I talked to Charlie's people. He's demanding too much money. He wants it to be Charlie Harmon uh, join. You know, he wants top billing. This is Charlie. This is Matt Harmon's dog. Yeah. So he's not going to get on the pod, people. Sorry. Okay. uh, Let's stop. But the question. He's on Twitter, though. I know he's on Twitter. It's a fake handle. Harmon does not run it. It's real. Deion Lewis or Duke Johnson? I don't buy that. It's not him. I think Matt Harmon. It's 100% not him. I think he goes to the bathroom, and I think he runs it. (laughs) (laughs) And he's like, who is creating this Charlie account? No, he has taken a screen grab of on Twitter where it shows your active accounts on the phone, and that is not one of them. (laughs) (laughs) Anyways. Uh, Dion Lewis or Duke Johnson? Dion Lewis or Duke Johnson? Dion for me. Dion. I don't even think it's close. Of course it's Dion Lewis. Dion. Duke. What? You get out of here. I got to be that guy. All Why? Right, moving on. Why would you take Duke Johnson <laughs> over Deion Lewis? That makes no sense. Deion Lewis is coming off an ACL tear. Duke Johnson is healthy. And he is the ultimate weapon, as we discussed <laughs> earlier. Yeah. The ultimate weapon. Uh, all right, here we go. Uh, last one. Last one. Message for you, son. Uh, Kevin Johnson at the Cogel. Who's got the fastest 40 time? Of everyone at NFL fans. Hashtag the real questions. He Hashtag tagged the four of us and Matt Harmon in this. Real questions. I know what the right answer is. And again, uh, I am going to base this off of absolutely nothing because we have done zero athletic activities together, folks. Uh, I know you guys think we hang out. We do not. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> well, not in like we don't hang out and go play sports. We hang out and drink beer. <laughs> That's actually – yeah, I, I could tell you who could drink the most. <laughs> that I could answer Question for the with next clarity. Uh, 40 times. I'm basing this off of nothing other than just straight gut feeling. And you know me, I like 40 times. Yes, you yes, do. you do. Okay. I'm going Alex Gellhart one. I'm correct going, answer. I'm going Marcus Grant. <laughs> I'm going Marcus Grant two. That's only because I've I've aged a little bit, you know. I would agree with that. You are you're the oldest of us here. Yes. Uh, yes, okay. I am. All right. I am. Although, I think I still could have taken MG in his prime. I don't know, man. If you put me in my prime and MG in his prime, <laughs> I'm get, I'm washed over here too now. <laughs> Stop it. You're like 23. <laughs> I'm, I'm 28 this year, James. <laughs> I'm inching closer to Marcus Grant in age as today is my birthday. Oh, uh, what? Happy birthday. Happy birthday, Happy birthday oh, James Coe. What? I don't even think Facebook told me this. I must not have it on there. Seriously. I don't have it on there. Ah. Yeah, I don't know. Oh, man. I wish I had, like, half happy birthday music. Uh, up yeah, days. well, hey. Instead, listen. can I interest you in some Striper? <laughs> <laughs> All right, enough of that. Yes. <laughs> happy birthday. Oh, my God. Wow. Oh, that was good. All right, it's this podcast So finish your rest. <laughs> All right, Alex. <laughs> Gilhar, one. Marcus Grant, two. I'm going to put myself three. Look, I know I got dad bod. That's fine. Uh, you're, I, you're a dad runner, as uh, they say I can, living the stream. Yeah, not, not too great. Uh, I'm going to go Matt Harmon, four. 
What? Franchise yep. is stewing over there. I'm sorry, Franchise. You're even fine. Though, even though he knew this, this reaction was since, coming. Since you ranked us in the same order earlier this morning, <laughs> I've had a five-hour energy drink, and I've stretched. <laughs> <laughs> Let's go. What does that mean? I can <laughs> run faster than all of you guys right, right now. I think we got a good, we got a good social opportunity outside. We Let's go. Go pace it off. I don't understand. What I'm offended mean. by these rankings. I, I've had my second protein shake here. Does that mean anything? No. I don't think it means okay. anything. Uh, this We're spinning into off-season narratives here, yeah. too. All right. That's true. Best shape of my life. <laughs> Best shape of my life over here. All right. James is the king of 40 times. I think those are the definitive rankings. I think that's about right. I, I do think that's about it's right. It's not right. No, I but. do think so. <laughs> Fran Whatever. Franchise, franchise, you listen to way too much music. Like, what does that have to do with running 40? Yeah, it's just not conducive to 40 times. <laughs> Unreal. It's really not. All right, let's dap and get out of here. All right, cool. <laughs> extra, extra, read all about it. This is the day. Daps and hooks. Give me daps because I'll be scribbling right. Give me dapping up daps and uh, daily daps of these headphones. It was the first time I've used them. These are great. Yeah, you might have to sit in a different <laughs> spot now. I might have to sit in a different spot. Okay. Uh, daily dap time. We're going to start with you, Matt Franciscovich, the franchise. I am anti-dapping. Don't do it. The Pokemon Go Stop. game app. Boo. Why? Why it would you do that? A waste of time. Everyone loves it. It's bogus. <laughs> <laughs> We're all grown men here. What are we? What are we chasing fake cartoons around in the streets for? We write about fake football. Yeah, oh, what? that's our job. Why I'm are we chasing not fake it. cartoons on the street? No. That actually is that makes sense when you put you know, it like that, right? Yeah. You know well, when's that's the last time you saw a fake cartoon on the street? It's exciting. Okay? <laughs> when I played that's Pokemon on my accurate. Game Boy when I was in middle school. That's pretty accurate, actually. Uh, I may have to reconsider. My thoughts on Pokemon <laughs> Go. Uh, no, but Pokemon Go, I'm going to daily dap Pokemon Go. Me too. Uh, uh, yeah. Uh, because the tweets on Pokemon Go on Twitter right now. Oh, yeah. Spectacular. Un unreal. They're spectacular. They're so great. Having a blast. It's this. great. I love it. I absolutely love it. Uh, MG Mike got Marcus Grant. What's up? Uh, I'm actually going to daily dap uh, the sport of hurling. Okay. Um, you know, I was uh, on vacation in, in Europe last week, um, and... While I was in Dublin, went to a hurling match. I'd never heard of the sport before. It is this insane, ridiculous combination of, like, lacrosse, field hockey, baseball, soccer, American football. It's, it's, it's bonkers. Um, just go on YouTube, look up hurling. This thing is wild. These guys have sticks and paddles, and they bat a little ball back and forth, and every now and then a dude gets whacked in the face. Um, <laughs> and they can, like, barehand the ball, You too, can catch right? it with your bare hand if you want. Stick are there one rules? Hand, I don't understand. The well, there are rules. I think, so I figured out, you know. I mean, why do they have a stick if you could use your hand? Yeah. Well, because you cannot. So if you are running you know, to advance the ball down the field, if you have the ball in your hand, you can only take four steps. Okay. But if you can, you know, kind of balance it on your paddle, okay. you can run as long as you want. I see. Uh, or you can use the paddle to kind of toss it up to yourself. You know, like you pitch a baseball to yourself, toss it up to yourself, and or whack you it use down the, the field. to then smash another man in the face. Well, I mean, uh, I don't know if that's part of Like, I couldn't figure out what a foul or a penalty was. I watched the whole match. I didn't, like, sometimes the guy would get, you know, destroyed and they'd blow the whistle. Other times the guy would get destroyed and they wait, would just wait, play wait. off. The real question, though, is did they have a clear catch rule? Because <laughs> yes. we might need to adopt that. <laughs> They did have a Very good. catch rule. Touche. So, um, but yeah, hurling is absolutely bonkers. I am thrilled that I have now seen it in person. Um, yeah, check it out. Go go on YouTube. Look up hurling. It's it's amazing. Alex Gilhar, uh, the whiz kid from Wisconsin. In addition to Pokemon Go, yes. uh, want a quick, quick dap to <laughs> uh, Swiss Army Man. It's an indie movie that I saw a week or two ago with uh, Daniel Radcliffe in it and Paul Dano. Daniel Radcliffe plays a 
not-so-dead body with magical powers, one of them being his flatulence that helps Paul Dano survive because he's stranded on an island. So Harry Potter. It's very weird. It's very whimsical. But if you go into it with the right mindset, it's something you haven't seen before in the theater, so that's cool. I want to convince somebody that my farting powers will help them survive. I, so wouldn't, I wouldn't try that. This is a <laughs> farting dead Harry Potter movie. Yes. That's Zom- basically... It's, he it's, sounds. Is he a zombie or a ghost? No, he's like not a zombie. <laughs> he's just like reanimated. I don't know. We can't. That's, that's a zombie. All, all I'm thinking of is reanimated. Harry, that's a zombie. It's like you know Harry Potter and the Curse of Beans and Broccoli. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, and the last app is all right. I wanna, <laughs> it's too late in the day. We've been working too long now to get stuck on bad fart jokes. So. Uh, Scott Fish is my other daily dad because ah. he put together yes. the Scott Fish Bowl 480 this year. Yeah. It's a huge pro-am fantasy tournament that okay. we're all getting in for the first time. Harmon played it last year. We'll get you in next year, James. It's been so much fun so far. The draft started on Monday. So how it works, there's 480 teams broken up into, I think, 16 or f- I don't remember. There's 480 teams broken up into 12-team uh, divisions. 40-12-team divisions. 40-12-team divisions. 40. 4-0. Four, 4-0. Zero. Four, so, yeah. zero. And it's out insane. of all 480 people, he will crown. there will be one winner crowned at the end. But it's a— One team uh, to rule them all. One team to rule them all. So it's a .25 point per carry. 0.5 PPR, full point PPR for tight ends, super flex leagues. You can start two quarterbacks, and I think there are four flex positions in total, right? Yeah. There's some other crazy rules, but it's super fun because it's throw out your normal draft strategy, yeah. and you know nobody really knows exactly what they're doing. Everybody's trying out different bold strategies, and it's just been an absolute blast. So thank you to Scott Fish for putting it on and inviting all of us. And if you want to follow along on Twitter, hashtag SB480 is the way to find it. And all right. SFB. I do like it. All right, let me get some promo stuff out of the way. Uh, Top 50 fantasy players of 2016 all this week. Extra fantasy content uh, for you fantasy heads out there. 8 p.m. Eastern on NFL Network. Top 50 fantasy players. We preview the top 50 fantasy players of 2016. 8 p.m. Eastern on NFL Network. Uh, Go to NFL.com slash fantasy. Sign up your team. Sign up your league today. You can do mock drafts there as well. NFL.com slash draft kit to get all your draft kit Content, bust, sleepers, deep sleepers, uh, breakout candidates, sophomore slumps, whatever it is. See the mock draft there. See the mock draft there. And also off the Top 50 show, I'm writing a reaction piece each day on it. You can find it at nfl.com slash fantasy top 50. And if you're on Periscope, I don't know what channel it's coming from, but we're going to be doing Periscope. Talking Dead style reaction yes. shows. Oh, uh, you can find after. that on Twitter at uh, NFL. At, at NFL. N- the at NFL Twitter handle. So check us out on uh, Periscope. They will have a, a Periscope link uh, for you to ch- check out as well. It's a reaction show uh, to the top 50 fantasy players of 2016 on NFL Network. All right, that's going to do it for us for today. I'm James Coe for the Wizkid for Wisconsin. Alex Kelhar, MG, my guy Marcus Grant, and the franchise, Matt Franciscovich. We're out. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. 
Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. They say every dog has its day, but when you're Lulu and your parents drive a Camry, every day is your day. The roomy rear seat is the perfect, whoa, is that the dog park? Backseat besties, it's a Camry vibe. The all-new, all-hybrid Camry. Toyota, let's go places. You wouldn't expect to hear that we're America's third best city for beer like this one. Or home to vibes like this. And this. It might surprise you that we're top 10 for immersive art that's like... Whoa. And... Hmm. Not to mention, we have one of the top zoos in the country. So can a city with the country's best pro soccer team, ranking as a top culinary destination in the world, be in your own backyard? Yes, Columbus. Plan your summer at experiencecolumbus.com slash summer.